Good morning, I'm Harley Schlanger from the LaRouche Organization with your daily update for today, which is January 11th, 2022. I'm going to be talking about a world in crisis. Everywhere you look, there are very serious problems, serious situations, and leadership of most major nations of the Western world uh, either asleep or committed to policies that are disastrous for the people living in their countries. Uh, this is characterized by the crisis and the, the tension around Ukraine with Russia, uh, which I'll get to in a moment, but it's pretty much on virtually every issue that comes up. And what we're seeing is a population which is confused, in some cases uh, under stress uh, from disease, from lockdowns, from uh, and especially from the way the, the news is mismanaged and controlled so you don't get a picture. And there's a lack of trust in government, in officials. So as a result, we're in a world in crisis. And it's time now for informed citizens or for citizens to inform themselves so we can act as the solution. Now let's start with the Geneva meeting, the strategic stability talks between the U.S. and Russia. Uh, at best, you could say it was inconclusive. There was some discussion. It went on for eight hours, but no positive outcome. Uh, most of the ideas that were presented were known to both parties beforehand, and there seemed to be little motion in any direction. Uh, Russia, of course, is calling for actions, not words, but the U.S. so far is refusing to even negotiate on the points that President Putin once discussed, namely the drafting of legally binding security guarantees for Russia regarding NATO's involvement in Ukraine and Ukraine's uh, demands for offensive weapons. The, and, and that there be no further NATO expansion eastward. Uh, the State Dis Department spokesman Ned Price had the following to say. He said, the U.S. would never consider keeping Ukraine out of NATO. In other words, it's not even worth discussing. Uh, secondly, the U.S., quote, had not intended to reach any agreements with Russia, unquote. Then why have the talks? Uh, to go in and, and threaten? Uh, third, Russia, not the United States, must make concessions. And fourth, and this is an interesting one, Russian troops must be moved back to their bases away from the border. So the U.S. is now saying that we can't negotiate, can't discuss things, but we're telling Russia, move your troops away from the border. So if that's the attitude of the U.S., it's unlikely that there'll be any progress. And Putin has warned that there will be consequences, especially if the Ukrainians get more weapons that they can deploy against Crimea or against the Donbass. It's looking like, at present, the best that could be achieved would be a, a, a new Cold War with the U.S., the British, and the EU and NATO on one side. But that part of the world, the transatlantic world, is in an economic decline due to monetary policy, uh, inflation coming from the Great Reset, and energy crises coming from the Green New Deal, while Eurasia is experiencing significant growth based on investment in new technologies, uh, increasing productivity, increased trade and cooperation. 
largely centered around the Belt and Road Initiative, but not exclusively. Now, according to uh, former CIA analyst Ray McGovern, the only possibility for a reduction of tension will depend on the personal diplomacy of Biden and Putin. Putting this on Biden seems to be a very dangerous possibility or dangerous concept, but it seems as though it's right because the people surrounding Biden are junior varsity war hawks like Tony Blinken, uh, who cannot be trusted to come up with a solution. Now let's look at a, a second situation, the Afghan situation, which is deteriorating dramatically. <coughs> I spoke with a journalist in Pakistan today, and he gave me the following picture. He said, in the major cities, there is some food availability. There's food on the shelves of some stores, but most people can't afford it because people have no money. The currency has gone through a, a rapid devaluation, but there is no currency. Banks are closed. People have no access to money. So only people who are wealthy and have some money are eating. Meanwhile, the, uh, the, in the rural, that, and that's in the cities, in the rural areas, there's a lack of food, fuel, and medicine. Doctors, medical technicians, and others are leaving the countryside. They're going to the cities, but may, mainly they're going to the cities in preparation to leave the country. So you can see the effect of a brain drain. Now, this journalist told me that he's just shocked at the degree to which the media focus is on various kinds of disputes with the Taliban and the question of whether women can go to beauty shops, can uh, have to wear headdresses, um, and can go to school rather than the fact that women and children are starving on the streets of the country. And they're starving because of the Western policy of withholding uh, the funds that have been frozen, Afghan funds that are frozen, and refusing to provide humanitarian aid except under the most stringent and controlled circumstances with the idea that they're going to punish the Taliban by not letting the Taliban have access to these resources. As a result, there are 22 million people food insecure, many of whom are already hungry, uh, as many as 9 million may be starving, which includes 4 to 5 million children who are malnourished and starving. For those like Blinken, who say we're concerned about the effects of the Taliban on the children, it's you, Tony Blinken, and your policy, and the policy of the empire, which lost the war, which is starving the children, not the Taliban. Now, finally, this journalist said he's just shocked that there's no appetite for covering the real situation in Afghanistan. He said in July and August, as the country was falling into the hands of the Taliban, it was the main story everywhere. Now it's not being covered. Well, we're going to take this up. We're going to have a seminar next week, probably on January 17th. So watch this site for more information on that. Now, in Kazakhstan, we had a situation where it was announced that Russia forces and the Sesto forces will soon leave because the situation has been stabilized. This discredits the American uh, policymakers, the spokesman like Blinken. Blinken said Kazakhstan will have a hard time getting the Russian troops out. Well, the Russian troops were there to protect against a foreign destabilization, and there's more evidence being presented 
that the people who were shooting at Kazakhstan, security forces, setting fires, taking over government buildings, uh, the airport in Almaty, that these were radical jihadists who had been trained in Iraq and Syria in the jihad, may have even been armed by the weapons the U.S. gave to the moderate, so-called moderate rebels. The fact that they were defeated, that calm has returned, that the president said he's going to make some reforms, that's good. It takes away a major destabilization, which was aimed at Russia as well as Kazakhstan. And then we have the economy and energy situation. And just very briefly, the International Monetary Fund has warned of a significant disruption that will occur, will occur once interest rates are raised. The Federal Reserve has announced likely three interest rate hikes in 2022, maybe even a fourth. And the Bank Banque de France has warned of a significant correction, a sharp correction on stock markets, um, given the situation with inflation and the attempt to fight inflation. Uh, this is occurring at a point where the economies are still being battered by the effects of the coronavirus situation, the lockdowns, and so on. And then you have to add to that the energy crisis. There are reports that there was a near blackout in Germany in December that was only averted by the government stepping in with uh, several hundred millions of dollars of purchases of natural gas to secure the gas supply, but they needed emergency funding. From Austria, there are warnings that this winter may see blackouts. And the International uh, Energy Agency is warning of a sharp increase in coal use because of the failure of wind and solar. And they say that this threatens the net zero carbon goals. Well, first of all, those goals are no damn good. And secondly, the it should have been obvious that this would happen because solar and wind will not provide the quality and amount of electricity that's necessary for industrial economies. So as you can see from this brief report, we're in the midst of a world crisis. Join with us to address it. We're going to provide on a day-to-day -day basis the intelligence you need to make informed decisions and to organize with us to develop a counter-mobilization to the Malthusian genocidal policies of the global cartels. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back with more tomorrow.